The Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott. Three movies, two men, one podcast. Wow, that's quite a song. Yeah, I don't think most people associate this song with the trilogy we're doing this week, my friend. I think it makes sense. I make sense, no question. Because we make sense, as we are the Trilogy Podcast. I'm Vin. I'm Scott. And we are the only podcast in the universe devoted strictly to trilogies. No reboots, no straight to cable. We're bringing you comedy, we're bringing you trivia facts, we're bringing you debate, and more. To hell with the movie if they made four, Scott. To hell with them. Dealing threes. That's right, only in threes. You said it. Mm. And with our new microphone setup, I only see one of your eyes at a time, and it's really it's jarring. Is this a little, can I wake it up here? Now you just look a bit churlish. Churlish? Yeah. Churlish, he says. We are postponing the inevitable, and that's telling the people what trilogy we're doing this sexy, sexy week. Yeah, and I'm sure people, when they hear what trilogy are doing, they're going to go nuts for it. They... <laughs> and that's <laughs> naturally this just is one of the big ones, folks. <laughs> Chuck Norris is missing in action. When you think of sexy, you think of missing in action. Oh, yeah. That, that dead-eyed stare from Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris's tendency to take off his shirt at all times, especially his, in the first his film. His inability to manscape. Yeah, he constantly <laughs> has a golden bed of hair yes. on his chest. It looks like it's just crawling around him. Yeah, yeah. It's almost a animated. of dark red hair. Listen, before we get into Chuck, and we're going to get deeply right into, into Chuck, Chuck. Okay. First of all, we've just got to tell the world what kind of a trilogy this is. And I think this is a... A perfect, perfect place for me to once again bring in my pal, the robotic man. He's going to tell us, and here he comes. Thanks for the introduction, fuck faces. I'm Trilogy Bot, and Missing in Action is an army of one trilogy. A single protagonist, taking on the world, with we, the audience, bearing witness to his adventures. Army of one, obviously. There couldn't be a more of an army of one than Chuck Norris. Yes. In this film. Yes. He almost defines the term. Our largest category. Yeah, well. by far. And so we're trying to chop through these and get as many of the Army of Ones done as we can. And we decided uh, we should pick the Army of One that neither of us has seen either of these movies. At yeah. the time, I mean, obviously before this, right. neither of us had seen any of these uh, movies. The I had really seen so few Chuck Norris films. Sidekicks I've seen. Yeah, we'll get into Chuck. That's, that's basically it. I feel like I've said that twice now during you this. You really want to get into Chuck. Some things are best left unsaid, Scott. No? Well, I don't know. Then somebody says them. I mean, you can't unsay. That's a perfect transition into your plots, dickhead. You've got to break down the plots for us because the world needs to know about the problem in Vietnam as defined by Chuck Norris. Bare bones plots, as usual. Uh, trying to keep it very simple and give you just a rundown. I'm sorry I even said Vietnam before this. I could have been any country. Oh, I mentioned Vietnam. I mean... Oh, okay. I mean, that's... I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you have to. It's kind of... True enough. The main part of the plot. True that. I mentioned it a lot. All right. Nam. <laughs> Missing in action. 1984. Ten years after escaping a Vietnamese prison, a war veteran returns to Vietnam on a diplomatic mission to release other American soldiers from prison. 
With the help of an old war buddy, the veteran is able to infiltrate the prison camp and save the prisoners of war. Pretty short when it comes to that film. Well, there's not much to it. <laughs> there's really not much to it. You have that diplomatic mission in the beginning where he, he gets the information on where the POWs are. And that kind of, sure. his sneaking around makes up an enormous chunk of this 90-minute film. But ultimately, yeah, it's all about finding the POWs. The missing in action, if you will. Are we going to just use those two terms interchangeably through this This, I one? mean, don't I they? I feel like they're kind of the same They kind of are. Thing. All right. So, well, I mean, but missing in action, but prisoner of war means you know where they are. Missing yeah, in action so. is like, uh, they, they could be dead. But they right. also could be a POW. Good point. They kind of use a POW slash MIA. MIA so, yeah. All right. So, ready to rock into two? Yeah. Word. All right. Missing in action two, the beginning. 1985. Ten years before rescuing the prisoners of war, the veteran and other American soldiers are prisoners of war in a Vietnamese prison camp. This is basically a prequel to the first. And nearly identical plots. Really? No. Well, they're made at the same time. It's a reverse plot. Right. The veteran and other American soldiers are prisoners of war in a Vietnamese prison camp, where the prison camp commander is partners in a drug ring with a Frenchman. They are all being tortured until the veteran admits to things he didn't do during the war. Although, when you think about it, he never mentions if he did them or not. It's unclear what the confession is or ever what, supposed to or mean what those, or be for. Yeah, like, what they keep saying, all oh, the things you did. Like, can we get one? The general, can we have one of the things right. that he did? But I think I guess they're supposed to be fabricated, but the general is obsessed with his confession, signing the confession. Yeah. It's, it's all a throwback to the Rambo ripoff that this yeah. it just is. Right, yeah. And this... Oh, it totally And is. the nonstop torture is torture that is outrageous. No one has seen it in the history of Vietnam. Yeah. No one, these are tortures that are made up specifically for the sake of the film. Well, you, I, I mean, I shudder to tell the story real quick, but. Do you have a I, story of. I did, well, I, well not me Nam? and Nam, but oh, I, I, know, I talked to a guy who was in Nam and he told me a, a really scary story. So I, I, I had to, uh, for reasons I won't get into here, I had to do a community service for something. Oh, God. Um, so uh, not uh, law related, uh, college related. Like it was a punishment for something on college. Anyway. So I had to do this thing, and I went to this place, and I was talking to the guy who owned the place. He was talking about Vietnam, and he was like, yeah, the girls would come, and they'd, they'd uh, prick me with pins on my penis and in my testicles, and they'd be dancing around and all their shirts off and like all stuff. And I was like, when, there's a part in the movie where he brings the girls, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't do it. Now I'm having a nom flashback to that guy's nom flashback. Like, so, what's the, so what happened? I, I left and I never went back. No, I, I mean, what? The, I never can. The girls would prick him on his like penis. With, with pins and like they would try. They said it like you know they would play around and get you hard and then they like oh. poke you with like pins and at the end of it. Yeah, it was supposed to be like an emasculating like weird. Like they would come in all naked like and then just poke him in the penis. Just <laughs> that story you've told me is more entertaining than any aspect of this trilogy. But okay. imagine a scene of Chuck Norris getting poked in the penis with pins. Do I have to imagine it? Why are you thrusting that idea upon me? <laughs> Why did you use the word thrusting? I don't know. It felt right. It felt right. Uh, they are all being tortured until the veteran admits to things he didn't do during the war, which he only does to save the life of his friend. When the commander of the prison double-crosses the veteran, he and the others escape from the prison and destroy the camp. Yeah. Could leave. But he has to get everybody else. He has to get everybody out of there. And he's got to get his revenge. It's confusing as to who's still alive, who's still dead. Some are still yeah. alive. Some of the squad is dead. Yeah. Where did they come from? Yeah. 
It didn't seem like he saved that many people. Yeah, ultimately, he dragged like two people out of yeah. the camp. And one guy had escaped earlier in the movie, and you're like, oh, he died. And then he pops back up, and he's like, I waited around here for yeah. you. What? Who are I'm you? Still here. We don't even remember you. Yeah. On to three. These plots are very simple. Yeah. Braddock. Missing in action three. 1988. Braddock. In a non-flashback, we discover the veteran had a Vietnamese wife who he believed had died fleeing Vietnam. Ten years later, he finds out that his wife is alive and that he has a son. I'd just like to say this. There's no reason at all for him to think that his wife was killed. Because he sees the bracelet on the arm of the woman that was actually killed. And he's like, yeah. it's my wife's bracelet. Oh my God. That could have been the thing to fool him. Right. But he takes... He the, peels back the thing and looks at and her. And looks at goes, the face. Yup, that's my wife. It's clearly not his wife. It's clearly a different person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, it, because he peels back the blanket and looks at the face, you yeah. think that's the reason that he knows it's not his wife. Yeah. Instead, he misidentifies the corpse as his wife. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You're like, I know her face is all burned up, but... It's really just a regular a face person. that is just blackened. It's, yeah. it's not like there's damage to the face. It's just a blackened face. You can Maybe Chuck Norris has face blindness. Maybe he specifically is in Asia all the time. You'd think of all people... Yeah. That has a history in Asia, learning the martial arts. Yeah. He wouldn't be one of those guys that's like all <laughs> Asian. All, the same, all yeah. Asian women look the same, Looks including just like my, my wife. wife yep. She's a woman. Yep. My wife. Asian. A blackened corpse. The same. <laughs> What's the difference? Asian. But <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris. I'm Chuck Norris. <laughs> Rhinos kick. He goes back to Vietnam to rescue them, but while escaping, his wife is killed. With his son and a group of Amerasian children in tow. He exacts revenge on the man who killed his wife and escapes Vietnam again. It really was heart-stopping at that, at the end there. Yeah, yeah. Bunch of people just standing there watching it happen like it's fucking in the air tonight. Like, <laughs> I like how you use the expression Amerasian, too. Amerasian. Well, I had you, never heard it before this movie. I did a little bit of research, and there was this act called the Amerasian Homecoming Act in 1987. Where right. it made any Amerasian child, and I guess in Vietnam, that was anyone that even looked vaguely Caucasian, instantly eligible for immigration to this country. It was signed by Reagan and everything. It was a big deal. Yeah. Okay? So, instantly overnight, I read an article about it on smithsonian.com. Everyone wanted to be related, you know, in quotes, yeah. to these Amerasian kids, so they were also would also be eligible for the immigration. Yeah. So this movie's sort of a year too late. Colonel James Braddock left behind more than memories. Your son's name is Van. He's alive. So, you can't talk about these films without talking about Chuck Norris. The man himself. He's the only man that's in all, the only actor that's in all three of the films. Well, let's not call him an actor. Well, now, okay. <laughs> but he's the quintessential, you know, yeah. um, like, army of one. He sure. truly is an army of yeah. one, and there's no one else even supporting him. It's just him in all three films. Yeah. I mean, even, like, so much so that, like, that's who he is now. Yeah. Like, the joke has become that he's just that guy all the time because he's in so many things where he's just kicking people. And, right. We like, talked about no, in the name of justice. Like. Yeah, right. Um, he got his start, of course, as a karate master. Yeah, I think he does judo too. Ju judo. He does many different arts. I know. Even up, he keeps his skills up to date even now, doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, 
and he's up to date. People, he's very well respected in the martial arts community. In a yeah. community that is known for its snobbishness when it comes to right. sort of my martial art is better, I'm tougher than you, yeah. real dick sort of waggling contests. Yeah. Everyone respects Chuck Norris in the way they respect Bruce Lee. Yeah. I want to go to a dick waggling contest. You like that expression? Dick I do waggling? Like that. That's what we Welcome say. Welcome to the dick waggling contest. <laughs> oh no. So I always heard the expression, well, Chuck Norris is no joke. He he taught yeah. Bruce Lee how to kick. Everyone always says that he taught Bruce Lee how to kick in that first film, um, <laughs> Way of the Dragon. His one of his first films. Yeah. And that's the one where he fights Bruce Lee at the end. Right. And that people are sort of know him for that. Um, and then he came up with the Canon Group. You know, that's the film company that produced the Missing in Action films. Right. And he was their main star for the bigger part of the 80s. Right. In addition to this trilogy for them, he did the uh, Invasion USA movie, Delta Force films. Oh, those, yeah. Right? He did a horrible movie with Louis Gossett Jr. called Firewalker, which is an, oh. an outrageous ripoff of Indiana Jones. Well known for the fact that when they finally see the gold, you can tell that like the gold treasure, some of it is Tupperware that has been spray painted gold. It's identifiable as as crockery. Yeah, that is. They just needed things <laughs> to spray paint gold to show like a hoard of gold treasure. The temple of golden crockery. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's that's Chuck Norris. All right. Yeah. And we know he's a trilogy superstar because he shows up in the Expendables too, which is a trilogy, the Expendables. Sure. And um. From there, and one of the reasons I think you and I decided to select this film, because we wanted to do a random one, right? Yeah. After doing some really big names, it's like, you know, we've got to cut some of the fat away from our trilogy list. And we're yeah. going to have to do this. Let's do one that we're, you know, not that excited about. Not excited not about. Not, like, to totally against right. going into it, uh, you know, but... Sure. Yeah, not, not that jazzed about. And I just remember I said to you, you know, I got a lot of play on Instagram with my Donald Trump meme. Let's try and find a political thing. And there sure. couldn't be more of a Trump supporter than Chuck Norris. He's always been a big time GOP Trump supporter. He was gonna. He did the ads for uh, Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee. Later, I think he supported Rand Paul. But you know, a lot of people know him also as Walker Texas Ranger. Of course. And his he sung the theme song of Walker Texas Ranger. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Let me just play it for you. In the eyes of a ranger. The unsuspecting stranger had better know the truth of wrong from right. Unbelievable, right? Yeah, I always think of Walker Tech. I mean, it was always on, on like TNT. Or yeah, TV your grandparents or watched Walker Texas constantly. Ranger. Right. Um, but I always remember it because of Conan. When okay. he used to do the, the lever, like every time they pulled the lever, it would just give you a random Walker, Texas Ranger clip. Is that right? Because they uh, got the rights to Walker, Texas Ranger or something like really? that. Really? Not them, but For the, the studio or whatever, whoever was, I guess, NBC at that yeah. point. Um, yeah, so they would, every time we pull a lever, just <laughs> random Walker, Texas Ranger clip. Well, folks, there is one clip from Walker, Texas Ranger that we've been holding back on. Once you see it, you'll understand why. <laughs> And how you doing, little partner? Fine. And it's Little Visitor now. Adewayoli is how you say it in Cherokee. Oh, well, pardon my French, but uh, I'll be damned. <laughs> Walker told me I had AIDS. It's in the same category as Murder, She Wrote, Matlock. Yeah. Um, and people, I think, of a younger generation are familiar with the internet 
memes of how tough uh right yeah of how his, tough he is his tears will cure cancer but unfortunately he will never cry i want to say that was in the in what the early to mid 2000s yeah. those memes were popular everyone yeah. was all about when we were uh, in iceland they uh i guess they get really into uh american culture right um so they had a place it was like the chuck norris grill you gotta be kidding me yeah i don't know if it's just like Ugh. bringing tourists or what but we went to it and it was just like a burger joint right and they're pretty decent burgers but like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like the Roundhouse Burger. None the... of the people who made those memes have seen these films because no, they can't have. Though in his mind, I'm sure he acquits himself well. I think he comes off as less tough in these films, less yeah cool. He kind of like just reminds me of a caveman. There's a big like, difference ah. between being coolly taciturn, being aloof, yeah, versus being non-existent. Yes. And having no facial expressions. Yeah, none. Doesn't it seem like in every one of these films, he can't possibly be bothered to be doing anything at all? <laughs> yeah, no. Like, yeah, can't I just kick something? Right, like, my overwhelming criticism no, of all these films. No, you have to cry films, now. Right. Oh, please. That, that scene with the tear that trickled down his eye. When, I think <laughs> that was when, his, that was, when his, his wife was shot in the third one. Is that when we saw the tear trickle I down? I think so. I think that yeah. was it. It's like, oh, please. Yeah. A PA ran in and yeah, bloop, right yeah. on his eye. So he, uh, I think the the overwhelming criticism is that Chuck Norris is a terrible actor. Sure, and it's on display in full prominence in these films. Yes, they show it off to a great degree. And I'm going to go even further. I don't think he's even a good physical actor. Whereas Schwarzenegger and Stallone aren't necessarily known in their action films for Brando esque performance. Yeah. They can still deliver a line with the right timing as they're doing that physical action. Right. They still look like they can competently kick someone's ass. Yeah. Hit, hit, Arnold fit. Schwarzenegger's funny. Right. But physically in these films, it doesn't even look like yeah. Chuck Norris is really kicking anybody's ass. Like I say, some of the times like it looks like he gets kicked as in the guy just falls asleep, basically. Like, one kick and it's over. Come on. Let's see how tough you really are. <laughs> Call out a hit. Kind of an odd height for for uh, for an action star. Like <laughs> an odd like he's height. not short. He's just not tall enough. <laughs> you know, it's like if if they made a movie with Tom Cruise and they didn't put those little like high heels on him, so yeah. he could be taller. You're right, he is pretty short. I hadn't right. even thought of that. Yeah. And again, he was a second-rate action star in a time of Schwarzenegger, Stallone, later on Seagal, Van Damme, Bruce Willis. Yeah. He was. Beneath them. I, I think he's comparable to Steven Seagal. Because he's kind of just... Steven Seagal, too, is like, hey, what's going oh, on? Oh, no, they're Steven equally Seagal, terrible actors, but, but Seagal had Under Siege. Nothing. And Under yeah. Siege is a bigger film than anything, even right. remotely close to what, what Chuck, Chuck Norris did. So who are you? Are you, you like some special forces guy or something? I'm just a cook. A cook? Most of these movies were budgeted in the neighborhood of two to three million, and most of them made roughly nine to ten million. So this is the '80s when this could happen. You could make movies and have these modest successes. They were received national releases. Yeah, that kind of thing doesn't happen now. No. So, um, and I think it's also worth mentioning before we get into each little thing, Scott. Each little yes. by little thing, I mean detailed description of the films. This is obviously a huge Rambo ripoff, and I did the research, yes. and what happened was. At the time, the screenplay to Rambo was bandied about Hollywood. And 
the uh, producers at Canon got a hold of it, and they basically wanted to put their films out on the market before Stallone could. Yeah. And even attributed the these. They even said it was inspired by the screenplay that went on to be Rambo. Yeah. All right. So, um, they actually made the first and second film at the same time. But there are so many Rambo ripoffs right in there. They don't try and disguise it. There's some shot for shot Rambo ripoffs. Yeah. We can kind of talk about it as we go, but it's there and it's. Yeah. You know, it's unapologetic. I'm ready to tear into this. Let's bad do boys. it. I'm ready to rock right into the first missing in action. Let's do it. This is for Nestor. I happen to notice during the credits there are no big names in this film at all. Chuck Norris is missing in action. Right off the bat like... in this movie, you can tell it's a set. Doesn't look like any jungle anyone has ever seen. No. It's not hard to make a convincing jungle. In silly movies like Predator, it looks like they're really in the jungle. Right. This looks like it's on a movie set with various plants. Yeah. Fake jungle. Plants that it don't... It looks Vietnam-esque. The plants don't even go with the, the area. Various coniferous... Yeah. <laughs> ferns that don't Some go Douglas with... Douglas firs back there. You know what I'm saying? This is Vietnam. <laughs> Come on. I spotted four plants that don't belong in Southeast Asia. Get out of here. I was like, these only grow in LA. I'm a horticulturist. People don't know that I'm a horticulturist and botanist. What do you have for me? Go. Uh, there's a, Right in that first scene where it's like, you know, the flashbacky scene of him in Vietnam, yeah. um, there's the point where like he's he's shooting and somebody's shooting at him and then that guy pops up and he takes him out and he just looks at him and he gives him a thumbs up in the <laughs> yeah. weirdest way possible and then immediately gets shot. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed out loud. Just That's classic to show like how sudden war is. Yeah. He, will he be a friend of mine throughout the course of the film? They're friends. Yeah. No, he's dead now. Because he looked he looks um Jesse Ventura-esque. That guy, for for some reason, I was like, <laughs> really? Yeah, for you get a quick like you had like a mm, kind of face, <laughs> and then our, just get shot. Like. That's our second trilogy in a row where someone looked like Jesse Ventura. Because <laughs> in Major League, they actually put Jesse in the second movie. So yeah, Jesse Ventura coming up again. This whole movie though has the feel of an '80s TV episode, like action television show, like a. Yeah, I I I don't want to upset you. But um, I think it's important to note in this movie, Chuck Norris is inspired. Don't say it because I know what you're going to say. Yes. The Spider-Man cartoon. I wrote Spider-Man, Iceman, Firestar cartoon. Can't even escape a superhero in Vietnam. Even a guy like Braddock. I used to watch that show. Inspired by Spider-Man. I used to watch that particular show. It's funny to me that those two other superheroes have never gone on to any big screen stardom, Firestar or Iceman. Yeah, no. You know? Not really. I mean, they use Iceman's Iceman... pretty cool. He's rolling around on a bridge. He's making his own wacky road that he slides on. It's visually interesting. They kind of did him in uh, X-Men. Yeah, but that's not the same Iceman. Like, he's like a kid. Yeah, yeah. not doing cool shit. No. But yeah, I wrote that down. Of course, I, I knew you would notice that. No <laughs> I was question. like, oh, he's going to hate that. <laughs> oh, no, I knew it. Okay, first um, immediate Rambo ripoff. He's strung up in his flashback in the same way that Rambo right. is strung up. And he gets, what did he get? Like, it looks like he gets disemboweled. Like, he's like, cuts across him and he's just like, and, yeah. walks away. And you're like, what the fuck But was you don't that? know, you never know because Chuck Norris never betrays it with, you know, a facial expression. Yeah. I heard another rumor that you were bitten by a king cobra. Yeah, I was. 
But after five days of agonizing pain, the cobra died. It's unclear why they would bring someone that's so obviously a renegade and so clearly not willing to make nice with the Vietnamese on a peace mission to Vietnam for the POWs. Yeah. Even though he has background as a POW, why would you bring him? You know he's going to do something crazy. Yeah, it's like he was just looking for a ride to Vietnam. Right. Like... So I'm not Could you help just you. snuck on the plane? I'm not going to help like, you at all, Senator. Senator's like, what's your problem? I'm just trying to... Jeez. It's, I'm on your Jeez side, Louise. dickhead. Senator Mendoza is one of the most respected citizens in this state, McBain. And yet you ran his limo off a cliff, broke the necks of three of his bodyguards, and drove a bus to his front door? But Cap and I have proof that he's head of an international drug cartel. I don't want to hear it, McBain! So much of this film involves Chuck Norris sneaking around. Yes. He's climbing things, he's climbing out of the apartment, sneaking down. His whole plan... He's very stealthy. Once he's at the diplomatic summit in order to get the information about where the POWs are going to be. Yeah. From the bad guy, from, what's his name, Hong, James... Uh, James Hong? James Hong, is that his name, James Hong? Yes, he was General Trow, I think. What was his... Now, James Hong has been in a lot of things, right? Scott? James Hong has been, uh, I would think, most well-known as the... Uh... The maitre d' at the Chinese restaurant in Seinfeld. Excuse me. Didn't those people just come in? I, I believe we were ahead of them. Yeah. What's your name? Seinfeld? No, no, they were here before. Yeah, so the whole plan is ridiculous. It involved him climbing out of the apartment or the room. Climbing down, evading everyone. Yeah. Basically getting the information with little effort. Just kind of held a knife to his neck. Yeah. Knew where his he room just was. Splinter sailed around. Of course, the guy gave him provocation to kill him. Right. And then amazingly, and this is where it gets really crazy, he sneaks back to the room in time. We watch all this sneaking around. It's, it's tedious. Yeah. It's tedious. Yeah. He gets back to the room just in time. And Amy had a real problem with this. He bizarrely and aggressively he tears tears her top off. Right. Yeah. I wrote. I fucking. I had the same note. I'm like, damn, Chuck Norris tore her top right off. There That's was no like, establishing the relationship fuck? before that. Hardly even a flirtation. Well, what I a think, little bit. No, not. And then she kisses him at the end, and I'm like, why though? Like they because did they have sex afterwards? He could have just pushed her into bed and and like without ripping her shirt off yeah. so aggressively. It was kind of weird. It's really But also I was thinking of like she must be like really sexually frustrated because every time he she thinks she's like, Oh, you're taking your clothes off. Oh no, we're gonna uh, oh oh you're changing, I see. Like, <laughs> like oh you tore my top off and like, oh, there are just oh, so oh. many instances of Chuck Norris taking off his shirt in yes. this film. Oh yeah. Once they burst into the room and see that oh they're having sex, after the fact that their leader has been killed <laughs> They still let them go. Yeah, good enough. It's good enough. <laughs> yeah. No problem. Oh, I see. You're fucking her. Just a coincidence. Like... It's a pure coincidence that someone else broke into the compound. But that's the thing, is if he was like, oh, well, it couldn't have possibly. It'd be one thing. They're like, okay, I guess, like, right. if he's dumb enough. But he immediately is like, hmm, yes, couldn't possibly be. You were here all night, I suppose. Mm. Like The sex proves it you <laughs> yeah. have to go home tomorrow you're like oh yeah. you're saying the sex proves it well the sex proves and it. chuck Goodbye. norris knew it. he's like, like as long as i get back to the room and pretend we're fucking this murder will be no problem at all and it's a well-known diplomatic mission with a senator 
Right. So he's, this is the most, isn't he endangering the senator's life in he Vietnam? He clearly does not give a shit. <laughs> he's like, the only thing that matters to me is I got to get those POWs. Thing. The diplomacy in this movie is reduced to going up to each other and aggressive posturing. Saying two sentences to each other and walking the fuck away. So, like, you killed all the people I love, yes. And you killed all the people I love. We'd hate each other. Yes. Mm. But of course. So now give us back all the POWs you have. <laughs> all right. We don't have any POWs. Uh-huh. We thought I'll prove you'd, it. We thought you'd say that. I'll prove there's POWs in the <laughs> stupidest way possible <laughs> and in a freeze frame. And at that point, it's like, all right, well, now that he knows, it's time to put together an assault so that he can free these POWs. Yeah. Straight out of Rambo, straight out of, you know. You know there's more men out there. You know where they are. Find them. Or I'll find you. There's so many little signs of cheapness, the hard cuts to random things, yeah. the, 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 the dialogue that's repeated. There's the background music of one of the scenes where he's sneaking around is like just... <laughs> yeah. Like it's that for, I don't know... A minute fifteen, <laughs> like we're like, there, you're not gonna change this uh, up at all. You're Listen, gonna... So then he has to recruit M. Emmett Walsh. I always kind of get M. Emmett Walsh. M. Emmett Walsh. It's like Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, good point. Mem Emmett Walsh. Mama, mama. Um, who he really seemed to Emmett appear. Emmett Chuck Ben Otter like Walsh. Did you say Emmett Otter? I loved Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. But not because of Emmett Otter. I liked the Riverbottom Nightmare Band. The grass does not grow on the places where we stop and stand. Riverbottom Nightmare Band. I've never seen a, a single Emmett Otter. Then why are you going to bring it up then, Scott? I just, it popped it. Don't, like Emmett don't Walsh, try and, Emmett Otter. Don't, come on. So really, M. Emmett Walsh might be the best thing in any of these films. A movie starring M. Emmett Walsh. You know, and I was thinking, I think there's only one good movie starring Emma. Have you ever seen Blood Simple? No, but that's a Coen Brothers. Yeah, and uh, he's kind of like the bad guy in it. He's good in it. And yeah, he's scary in All it. All right, so he's no joke. Yeah. Now, in Russia, they got it mapped out so that everyone pulls for everyone else. That's the theory, anyway. But what I know about is Texas. And down here, you're on your own. So it's pretty easy to procure an attack raft and helicopter once Chuck Norris is determined to free all the POWs. And, willing and to... boy, he loves to haggle, huh? <laughs> Does he like to haggle? <laughs> so glad you said that. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote down there two long drawn-out haggling scenes that involve him just intimidating the other guy yeah. by not budging, really. Yeah. Uh, it's this. Less. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I can't go that low. Less. <laughs> oh, all right. Please that don't hurt hard me, Mr. Chuck Norris. That hard, expressionless face of Chuck Norris <laughs> wins the day every time. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. All right. So then you get to the assault, right? Product. This is the long, protracted assault where he gets the... I wrote more shoddy takedowns that don't look impressive at all. More chops to the shoulder. Um, See, I thought you were going to talk about... Isn't there... I don't. I've, I think it's in the first one. Isn't there a scene where he's, like, hiding in the brush and, like, the guy walks up and he just 
throws a knife at him. <laughs> like, it's out of nowhere, too. He doesn't even, like, pull a knife. He's just standing there. Then, yeah! He like, just he has just a has knife. a knife. Yeah. And he just hits the guy in the chest and kills him immediately. Well, well they have that long, protracted battle on the boat where they're, the boats are coming at each other, and that's a throwback to Rambo, too. Yeah. That boat play in there. So Boat play. I'm very into boat play. <laughs> All right, Scott. Where did that come from? I don't even know. Is that a euphemism for something? or do you No, know? I'm just saying, like, you know, it sounds like, you know what I'm saying? That sounds like a perversion where yeah. you and, like, a woman play with boats in, like, a bathtub. You know, like, exactly. are you in a boat play? You get yeah, it. I'm in a boat play. <laughs> you get it. You've been to the website. <laughs> My website. All right. All right, Scott. To um, I told you not to associate it with podcasts. Oh, we shouldn't put it on Keep air. Keep your mouth shut. Get it off air. There's no way I'll forget to edit this out. <laughs> Pull all the wires. I'm a There were so many moments for jokes in this movie, and I was like, oh, you just let that life flat? Like, No, it almost... I know this is supposed to be serious, but... Obviously, this film feels like a parody of these kinds of films. But no, it's the real film. It's just that bad. Yeah. But you, if this had been made five years ago, people would be like, that is a great spoof. But no, this was supposed to be taken dead-ass serious yeah. at the time. Oh, yeah. All right? Um, especially when the helicopter lands... Right in front of the summit, which is still taking place, where they're right gonna he runs up deny any possible chance of there being any POWs. And he's like, Aha! Deny it now. Here is the proof. Freeze frame. <laughs> it's bad. Make no mistake oh, about it. This again, MMA Walsh. I got a couple of MMA Walsh things, but when they're leaving, when he's like, you know, he goes along with him, and he's like, "Oh, you knew I'd go along with you." He turns to the, the second in command, the Vietnamese guy, and he's like, if I don't come back, the bell's yours. And he just kind of looks up like he just doesn't, like, he was like, I just, in my head, I'm like, what if he doesn't speak English? Like, and he's totally just like, right. what did he just say to me? Like, totally right. There's no reaction shot yeah. there at all. No. He kind of just looks up as if huh? someone just... <laughs> like, <laughs> He just looks up as if someone just kind of yeah. got got his attention, like right. shouted anything to like him. Like they forgot to put that shot. Like they're right. like, oh shit! Like, now, well, we found a shot of him where he looks up. Yeah, we'll like, just put that. They, in. They established no real like deeper connection. It's just like, hey, I don't give yeah. a shit. Just take this. And he's like, he almost looks like oh, I don't even want it. <laughs> like, exactly. Why are you giving this to me? There are so many scenes where the cut happens and the action is still going on. They haven't even finished the action. So <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, through the door. they're, they're doing freeze. something or a line is even going. Yeah. They're saying something and it's like, you know what? Now it's time to transition into... And this is for Franklin. MIA 2. MIA 2. The beginning. It's a prequel. The movie that should have been the first movie. Right. This should not be M MIA 2. It should be missing action 2. This should be missing an action. Illustrates exactly why he's so angry. Why is Braddock so furious? Why is he more angry than the regular Vietnam vet? Because, boy, they put him through a lot of shit in this film, let me yeah. tell you. My first thing is, he's wearing that fucking hat uh, when he's, in, like, getting on the helicopter. Ugh. 
And immediately I'm like, so 10 years ago, he was Australian. <laughs> like, 10 years ago, he wore a hat that no military officer <laughs> has ever worn in battle. 10 years ago, it was 100 years ago. <laughs> 10 years ago, he was a, simply a hunter walking the plains of Western Australia. Fucking, shooting Wallaroo. He's fucking the character from Jurassic Park who hunts the, <laughs> the raptors. And, and the continuity is all off. At one point, the flap of it's down. In the next shot, it's snapped up. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my best hat. Shit. Right off the bat, you have a shot that should exist, but isn't there. When the helicopter is being shot down, we see the rocket fired at it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... There is smoke just coming out of it. We never get the shot of it hitting it. It's just yeah. cheap. All of a sudden, it's going yeah. down. They blew the one rocket they had and didn't get it. Yeah, it really looks like what a teenager would make on a, an iPhone now. The um, There's the part the guy is trying to... They show him trying to escape pretty early on. Right. And uh, I can't wait for you to say he exactly runs, what I know you're going to say. He runs across the bridge. Uh-huh. And the guy uses a fucking flamethrower on him. Be a worse... Weapon to use on a rope bridge. It's definitely overkill. Like, it's just, you didn't need to use that. Even, it's in, his that, bridge. even in that first shot, they could barely control the flame so that it didn't light the bridge on fire. Through that whole first shot, you're like, well, is he now going to light the bridge on fire? Yeah, it's a setup. You're like, well, that's coming back. I mean, it's so incongruous. You could be like, there's a hippo on the other side of the bridge. That's what's preventing people from crossing. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, no. You know? Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, that's ridiculous. And he, of course, had to fall into the And I just have a little blow. blurb here that this POW camp doesn't resemble any POW camp I've read about, heard about. <laughs> there don't seem to be any rules. It's really a Hogan's Heroes-esque Vietnam camp. <laughs> You've got... Um, You've got Professor Taru Tanaka that's there. You know, we both enjoy his work in um, The Running Man. We are just talking about how we yes. love that part with Taru Tanaka. Now Plane Zero. Now Plane Zero. Right. Great scene. And he's also, of course, uh, he's Francis's butler in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Naturally, Francis is taking a bath. <laughs> naturally, because it's this trilogy, he's misused entirely. They never show him really getting all that physical. And he's just yeah. quickly gunned down at the end with no fanfare whatsoever. Yeah. He's kind of just like a tertiary character. Yeah, like, they're not important at all. No. So thank you, Professor. That, professor. How do, you, how do you treat a professor that way? I didn't know he was a professor. Probably right? tenured yeah. in multiple universities. We call him Professor Tanaka because he is the teacher of the martial arts. The uh, black guy, you know who that is. That's the uh, the... Head of Twenty One Jump Street, the black yeah, guy in the, the, film. the TV show, you mean. right? Yeah, right. Yeah, That's yeah. Um, Stephen Williams from Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get it. You know, they force them to fight each other because Stephen Williams is a traitor, and they participate in the most slowly paced fist fight in the history of fighting. And once again, it's, <laughs> it's not so boring. It's it's so boring. I looked down. I was doing other things. I looked up again. It was still going on. Yeah. There's again no crisp like technique. Yeah. It's all kind of stumbling around yeah. and. Well, this is ridiculous because he's like, I want you to fight him. And he's like, all right, I'll do it. But come on, just take a few punches and go, come on. Like they're shoving each other back and forth. Finally, somebody grabs somebody, punches somebody, knocks down, and goes, I don't want to fight. Yeah. It's just, it's going on. And Whose I'm like, side are you on? Jesus Christ, just fight. Exactly. Like, or don't, <laughs> I don't care anymore. Just move on. There's a nutty scene 
where they have all these close-ups of worms falling on his head, and there's worms all on his hat and his face, and they're yes, they get more and more as the scene yes. goes on. It's more and more worms. I'm I like, wrote, worms I on. just wrote so many worms. <laughs> they're slow-moving creatures. Worms in two seconds, twenty worms could not have suddenly fallen. No, on him. I, yeah, it's like a scene because it's a scene where like someone's looking for him. He's hiding under the thing, and worms are falling on him. Oh no, worms! You know, like. <laughs> It's not like, oh shit, scorpions are falling on him and he's got to be quiet, but he's got to get rid of these scorpions. Uh, like, no, it's fucking worms. And he's like, well, this will be uncomfortable for a moment. <laughs> and then when the guard passes, I won't have worms, won't on, have me worms anymore. on me anymore. There was just so many scenes, again, where they just cut, they're we- it's weirdly cut off. During the, one of the malaria scenes, yes. Nora says something <laughs> like, it's okay, kid. It's oh, and he's, he, the scene just cuts him off. It fades him out. Scene just expires. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so like toward the end when they're they're finally escaping. Yeah. When they're escaping, he puts you know the the pussy guy with the mustache. He's like going on. He's like, ah, uh, you go ahead. I'll meet you down there. I have to go. I'm going back for yen or whatever. And he's like, oh, there's no way if you're going. Uh, I'm going with you. There's like, you get down that hill. And he goes, okay. And he just goes down the hill. And I was like, I also like how in that same scene, I'll prepare he, lunch. He, refer, <laughs> he refers to that little little area they have with the their little encampment as base. He's like, you've got to stay here and guard the base. Guard the base. Guard what, the base. What, base? what are you talking about? What are you saying? <laughs> He's like, you know, I wouldn't guard the base. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> Shut up. Also, wait, right at the end, like before he faces Yen, right? And then after he blows it I like how you up, remember his name. It's Yen is the bad guy? I think it's Yen. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he... <laughs> well, because I actually liked him as a character. No, well... Also, but side note, that guy uh, is also... I liked uh, him as a character. He was the... That actor was the uh, the master in Beverly Hills Ninja with Chris Farley. He, he was, was also... Did trainer. a voice in Mulan. Yes. As well as Stargate. In Stargate. Ah. Yeah. But when he faces him, does he like... Twist his nipple or something? What is that move at the end? He kind of... It's, <laughs> it's almost like... so strange. The Kill a, Bill, like, five palm point exploding heart trick It's thing. a build-up to, like, a body punch. Again, yeah. it's... The but whole... he kind of grabs and twists like he's ripping his ribs out or something. And he just leaves him there to die. Plan A taught you the five point palm exploding heart technique. <laughs> of course he did. I just wrote clunky, slow karate fight. Yeah. Constant rolling where he's flipping his body over and rolling and grabbing his neck. Yeah. Grabbing this with his legs. Because judo is a lot of just, you know, grabs and throws. And I wrote, I even wrote anticlimactic punch. So this whole fight builds up to this weird body punch you're describing that kind of digs into his side. Yeah. And the guy's got like an expression like, oh shit, I was punched in the fucking chest. Yeah. What, What? like it seriously, it reminds me of that Kill Bill scene. Like I thought, like he was gonna walk a couple of steps and then die. No, but you had the awesome dialogue where he's like, "This is for such and such, the one yeah. guy that died. This is for the other guy that died." Right. And as he walks away, this is for me. And that brings us to Braddock missing in action three. Now. This film has no connection, ostensibly, to the other two films. No, I mean, I think that's why they had to call it Braddock, because it's more personal of a mission to him than just oh boy, do they saving say all Braddock of the Braddock over and over again. Braddock! I always think that's kind of a throwback to how they start calling John Rambo Rambo. Rambo yeah. But it doesn't sound nearly as cool as Rambo. Yeah. Braddock? He'll always, I always notice just be Braddock to me. Most guys who are known by their last name and characters in movies, most right. of the time their first name is John. <laughs> it's very possible. Yeah, John Rambo, John McClane. Sure. 
In addition to being a POW, conveniently, Braddock is also involved in the fall of Saigon. In fact, he's involved in the evacuation of the American embassy that very day in 1975. Yes. Isn't that something? Well, the uh, worst song I've ever... One of the two worst songs I've ever heard. That fucking uh, Freedom song. Both horrible. Well, just no. really travesties of music. They're like, not going to pay for the rights to any real Freedom and Freedom. Freedom! I would like to just mention that the priest... <laughs> Father Polanski, as it yeah, were. That's... You know, the orphanage priest. Yeah. How he's odd. obviously Uncle Leo from Seinfeld. Is that actually him? It isn't. I looked no. it up, but <laughs> it so be. looks like him that I was distracted through much of the movie. Yeah, it, no, it does look like Uncle Leo. He should have said, Hello! Why, why wouldn't the American government do anything about a veteran's wife who also <laughs> worked for the ambassador being trapped in Vietnam with his <laughs> child. Why would they be like, there's no way we're doing it, Braddock? Braddock? Like, it just seems like they needed to have a scene of him like, don't you do it, Braddock! You know what? I'm so glad you said that. Because it, it, that whole scene makes so little sense. Because remember, once the father comes and tells him, he's like, you've, your wife's still alive. And you had a son. He's like, you're crazy. I yeah. don't believe you at all. Yeah. Then instantly, instantly, the CIA brings him in to say, all of that was bullshit. And then he's like, oh, well, since you said that, I know it was true. Because I don't trust the CIA. Yeah. Why didn't they just leave him alone? <laughs> he yeah. didn't believe like, the father. Shit. Why didn't they just leave him alone? Because yeah. then at that point, it, so it forces the CIA to say... Well, you better fucking stay away. You yeah. better. Well, you're the one that fucking well, got him. I won't stay yeah, away. You confirmed it for him, assholes. Yeah, exactly. So that whole scene... should have waited like a day or so to be like, let's see if he buys a ticket to Vietnam. Boy, like... is there ever a movie where the CIA doesn't look stupid? I no. mean, I'm no apologist for the CIA, yeah. but they're really made out to be dumb in every sort of action film, evil, dumb. Because they're sort of just plot devices. So it's like, if something doesn't make sense, it's like, well, they told us that's the way it had to be. That's so, the whole thing. Like, it's, like, it's like Rambo. It's like Charles Napier is like, I'm just following orders. I didn't want to leave you out there, Rambo. It's that whole thing yeah. where, where the, the guys in the suits are the real bad guys. Right. Never yeah, the yeah, soldiers. Yeah. Right. So it's that same kind of... The guys who point you where to go. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny, in these movies, the soundtrack has to kind of do all the heavy lifting. Oh, definitely. Because Chuck Norris ain't emoting shit. Like, <laughs> no facial expression help. No. <laughs> Just like, the, there was times like, like even the line we were talking about earlier of like, you better not step on your toes. Like, I don't step on toes. I step on necks. And then <laughs> the music is like, dun, 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 right. like basically behind it, like, this is an important line. <laughs> I know you can't tell because you're looking to the soulless dead eyes of Chuck Norris, but... Braddock, I'm warning you, don't step on any toes. I don't step on toes, little John. I step on necks. That's funny. I, I know the last movie I had the problem, it, it seems like uh, Braddock is suddenly Australian with that hat. But now in this movie, there's the Australian guy who shows up Who's essentially just M. Emmett Walsh. Yeah. Again. Same thing. Yeah, but Australian. Like, he just says, mate, now. Again, it seems to be very easy in Southeast Asia to procure crazy weaponry yeah. for the regular citizen. 
Did you, like, no problem. She just reminds me of, like, Tailspin, the way, like, they had fucking, like, you know, Baloo flying into, like, the cantina with King Louie. Like, oh, can I charter a plane? Sure thing, kid. Boop, 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 boop. Vietnam. <laughs> Spin it. Boop, 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 Vietnam. <laughs> Chuck Norris attempting to feel any emotion for his son. His whole struggle to act, to to show us that he loves someone is, is really funny through, yeah. through all of this. Oh, film. yeah. He's just like, no, don't you understand emotion? <laughs> no, you don't understand emotion. <laughs> I have this quote. The wife says to him, I tried to keep you alive in his heart. Like the kid is like, I'm standing right here. You can yeah. Please talk. don't talk about me like I'm not here. Like... Exactly. I'm just meeting my dad, and you're talking in secret about me. You know what? We didn't mention before, but remember, this movie wasn't made by... It wasn't directed by the same team that directed the first two. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. It was two different directors, but they sort of... You know, they worked right on top of each other. It was yeah. the same production team. This was Chuck Norris's brother who directed this. Real. And this film was written by Chuck Norris. What? So here you're delving into the heavy-handed patriot. You're really yeah. the heavy-handed, maybe the start of his Christianity. It goes along with the, the children, songs the missionary. And how weird and kind of mm-hmm. religious-y they was It's a are. different feeling. Yeah. You know? And they gun down the the wife. Boom. Yeah. Hardcore. No yeah. Woo! These guys are bad. Yeah. That's the one thing I will say, but these, like, the bad guys are real bad. Like, yeah. they make them out to be terrible. Like... They they make them like they like they're Nazis essentially. Like, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, that level. Yeah. Because it's like yeah sure the, you've heard horror stories. Because we need because you know, these guys need stuff. like a modern day, you know, a monster of the level of World War Two. Right. If you're going to do a movie where about you can it. really get behind a guy, yeah. like, get him, Braddock. No, no question about it. Take out the Nazis. No question the about Viet it. Nazis. <laughs> the Viet Nazis. That's a. You know what? If that is a, copyrighted, we're gonna it's, it's now it is Vietnam Viet Nazis. <laughs> To describe every military villain of the last hundred years. Nazis. I hate these guys. Once they decide that the best thing to do is to kidnap all the children, things really get get lit, no? Yeah. It's like Temple of Doom, thinking the children. Yeah, good point. It's yeah. like Temple of Doom. You know what else this movie's like? Taken three. You know? Because it gets the story gets more personal where yeah. it's like Yeah, well, I guess they're all personal because it's his daughter being saved. But the the well, third one is kind of like Someone got killed, though. Like, I can't even save her. It's too late. He's like, like, the wife that I just found out existed mere days ago. You can tell even when she's like, sorry, I'm not pretty for you. And he's like, oh, you'll always be beautiful to me. And like, she's going to die in 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just saying whatever. Because like, you're not making out of it. Exactly. I wrote this screenplay. <laughs> you're not making out of he's it. He's like, yeah, I need to sound really good here. But in reality, you don't look that pretty. <laughs> yeah. You, I don't know. Well, I'm not going to lie. It's been a rough <laughs> 10 I know, years. I know like, I just saw a roach crawl out of your rice, but hey. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, you have not been eaten. Okay. You look <laughs> ghastly. <laughs> and immediately she's like, I'm going back to America. He should be like, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> Maybe I'll just take the kid. Yeah. Huh? Indy, I love you. So we get to, Scott, what is probably, everyone knows this, I'm sure, the, the famous... Vietnamese gun chair experiment where if he stops being on his tiptoes, yeah, his son will be blown up, be shot in the face by the shotgun. Yes. Um, I've never heard of such a thing. No, it's ridiculous. I also think it's funny because the whole thing is a farce. It's like the whole thing is they show it shooting the thing, yep. then they put him in, 
There's obviously no shell in the gun. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is Braddock can't possibly put his foot down because right. it'll kill his kid. <laughs> so, like, you can tell how, like, it's weird because the scene is just him getting impatient with Braddock. Like, just, just put your foot already. Just see that it's not real already. <laughs> it's a prank. I just want to prank you. Just let me prank you. Like, put your fucking heel down. <laughs> and it, he's just... It's Chuck Norris. I'll keep it. He's just like nonplussed by everything. Mm-hmm. Like just, mm, you know, unfazed. Nothing does. It. He's just kicking people left and right. No emotion. Well, now he's got the big over. absurd gun, the gun that can do right. anything. He's using a gun that has a grenade launcher on it. It's got a bayonet that comes yes. out. Chuck Norris is known for doing karate, not holding guns. So yeah. when they give him a big giant gun, he yeah. can't do his karate. That's why his kicks look ridiculous. There were certain things too. Where I'm like, wouldn't it, like a handgun. Would have been more effective in yeah. this situation. You're trying to be stealth. How about give him like a silenced pistol? Like, right. let him so go as he goes, full as stealth. he goes from location to location, sneaking around. He has to kind of waddle up in that big dumb gun. It's got a yeah. cradle in his whole body. Like it's just like he's carrying a six foot sub around. Jeez, we hardly made a dent to that ten foot hoagie. Oh, give it a good hope. The scene where he's driving the bus with the kids. Okay, now that is ridiculous. Is that his? Um, that's the truck escape, right? So he's where the, the helicopter is chasing him. Yeah, and it's like blowing up all God, around him. It, it goes on forever, and it just looks like he's just driving to work. Mm-hmm. Like he just does like no reaction to yeah. each explosion. Like, like yeah, it's ridiculous. Like they, 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 it's not even like they told him to act. It's like they're like, uh, Chuck, there's a camera in the car. Just uh, why don't you just drive around for like a couple like I don't know, ten laps, something like that. Kids are screaming to get the footage. Yeah, like. <laughs> Drying, just getting it done, just very utilitarian of like, mm-hmm. Well, now, meanwhile, and now the job is done. Meanwhile, Uncle Leo is acting his heart out in the back, doing the same shot of holding the kids as yeah. the explosions oh, go off. He's oh, trying dude. to react to what's going on. Chuck's giving him Come nothing. Come on, father. It's not that bad. Like, your kid could die any that second. That scene goes on f- forever. Yeah. Till they get to the airport. Well, remember, yeah. when they say it's a 90-kilometer walk, and he's like, oh, we'll just go and do it. Like... He's so relaxed about the prospect of walking 55 miles with, <laughs> yeah. with, with 35 children. Yeah. After five minutes, the guy's like, these kids are tired. And they show a shot of the kids, and they're, like, falling over. They're dropping. Yeah, I, well, I love the priest. He goes, he's like, they are not very strong. And I'm like, right, they're kids. <laughs> like, duh. Braddock's they're like, going to die. He's like, let them walk 55 miles. If their lives are important to them. My son will do it. <laughs> Only my son can do this. <laughs> And that last shot, oh, the bridge. No one, still no one will help him. They oh won't get involved. God. That is such nonsense. And then as the soon as CIA. it's over, they come running across the bridge. I'm like, what, what, you're still not supposed to cross the border. Yep. Isn't that the whole point? Yeah, the American government seems like a bad guy. Well, look, days. think about it. Connect, it. connect the dots. Oh, my He's God. He's a big Trump supporter. Who does Trump hate? He hates the the intelligence agencies. The All CIA is the heavy. Smaller government, right? Government's the bad guy, big government. But even think of conspiracy theorists. I mean, you know, this is a yeah. CIA conspiracy. Once again, the CIA right. is the heavy at the end of this movie. Yeah, yeah. They're the one preventing the POWs and MIAs from being freed from Vietnam. It's the CIA. Yeah. Oh, so the final scene after they've crossed the bridge, everyone's, you know, they all oh, the kids are across, whatever. They put that little factoid on the screen that there are still 15,000 Amerasian kids. No. Yeah. And, but, but even if that is true, like, don't, don't try to make factoid. me give a fuck about something <laughs> now. This is, it's Braddock. Come on. I'm Chuck Norris, and I approve this message. So, uh, this week, 
you know, obviously we're dealing with a movie that's based in Vietnam during the Vietnam War. Nom. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, we thought we should send Phil to Vietnam. To Vietnam. In 1974. Hello, friends. This is Phil, your West Coast correspondent for the Trilogy Podcast. And I am coming to you live from the Vietnam War. I guess you could say I'm in the shit now. Eat your heart out, President Trump. Thanks for the report, Phil. All right, so we should probably talk about what what our orders are now, yeah. right? Now, it's really tricky. I'll go first this time because you went first last time. Sure. Because you say to yourself, how much did you enjoy this movie as opposed to what was the quality of the movie? If I went strictly by the quality of the movie, I might be tempted to say one, two, three. But in this case, I'm going by strictly what movie I enjoyed sitting and watching the most, despite how good it was. Yeah. So strictly entertainment value. Yeah. And by that standard, I'm going to go two, one, three. Mm. Two is so ridiculous, so over the top. Such a sequence of one insane event followed by the next insane illogical event that, like you just said, if you shut your brain off and just watch this insanity unfold in front of you... It's it's idiotic and it's absurd. Right. It's funny in that way. Yeah. So it, bad. It doesn't make sense, but you know. Well, I actually I have the exact same order. So two one three. Two but one three. I it I also put the added element of I just think that's the correct order. Like honestly, yeah. if if they had released the second mm-hmm. movie first and the first movie second, You're exactly I would right. have a one two three order. Me too. Because it would just be based on the fact that it just makes more sense that way. No question. Like, and obviously, unsuccessful trilogy. These, this is nothing. Yeah, no, not successful. I mean, it's nonsense. These movies are nonsense. Pale yeah. imitation of of the better parts of Rambo and First Blood. Folks, thanks so much for listening. I'm Vin. I'm Scott. Uh, we are on Instagram. Find us there. We have a lot of big things on the horizon. All right. We can be found on all of the major platforms. You can stay up to date on uh, some trilogy news of things coming up, what we got going on next. Yep. So it's a, it's a great accompaniment to the podcast. And here you go with some beautiful sounds of Nam. I can see the love of freedom shining in your eyes. I can see the love of freedom in your eyes. to